And that was probably one of the best decisions I ever made, changing majors. So I'll tell everybody out there, don't be afraid to screw up in something and change. Hello and welcome once again, once again, to the No Name NYC podcast. My name is Eric Better. I am the host of this podcast. I'm also the founder and producer and longtime MC of No Name and the Bag of Chips, New York City's longest-running comedy variety show. I also recently added a new feather in my cap for the first time. I, I, I would like to say I believe I am the only manager of a comedy-based softball team in New York, dare I even say it, the world, first time ever a blind manager. Before I babble about that, I want to let you know the voice you heard up front was that of Demetrius D-Day Daniel. Demetrius Daniel is, is very near and dear to no-name folks. Uh, he's played off and on with the no-name house band, the summer replacements throughout the years. He's also done amazing things himself, solo and with the New York City Brass Brothers band. And uh, we'll get to that conversation. Very interesting guy. Always fun to chat with him. We'll get to that in a bit. So I was the manager, the blind manager of uh, the no-name softball team. Recently uh, played in Dave Lester's annual softball barbecue classic in Prospect Park. That was kind of interesting. I used to play in that for many, many years before I lost my vision. I decided rather than go out there and uh, make a spectacle of myself by pretending like I could still play while not seeing anything or anyone, I managed. We put together a little team, and captain had a bench coach telling me everything that was going on, our, our good friend Stupendous Stephanie, one of our rotating stage managers. It, it was fun. We crushed, we played two games, we crushed the team in the first game, uh, and we get a little bit crushed in the second game, but that means as a manager, I am at 500, one and one. Uh, and while it was exciting to be the first blind manager, uh, I just hope one day people will just remember me as a manager of a comedian softball team that went one and one in Prospect Park one summer. I know it's cheesy. I, I'm a little embarrassed, but I, I felt like as someone who's worked in comedy for three decades, I felt I needed to do this. They actually had umpires and everything, the whole works. So, you know, at the beginning of the game, the umpire calls us over, you know, the meeting of the captains, managers, whatever. And I alerted the umpire that I am blind. And I said, I just want you to know, we're a bunch of comedians here. At some point during the game, I am going to scream bloody murder. What? Are you kidding me? The umpire's blind. The umpire's blind. Please don't throw me out. As a blind comic, I desperately need to do that. And I did it, and he didn't throw me out. That was kind of successful. It's been on my mind lately, you know, uh, thinking of some of the things that I need assistance with these days that, that I'd prefer not to have to rely on people, you know, for getting around to places. I mean, I'm, I'm so thankful. I'm blessed multiple times over with seemingly endless core of friends to help me do stuff, and that's just amazing, and I, I, I'm the luckiest guy you know. That said, you know, the things you'd prefer to do on your own. Now, I don't know why. For, like, the last year, I don't know if I accidentally clicked on something or, or what, but I just get a voluminous amount of junk email these days 
like not in my junk folder, but just like in my regular thing. And I regularly have to have uh, once a week or so, sometimes more often, I, I will have friends who can actually see what's in my email, go through it with me. And, you know, sometimes I just look, people know me. So that, you know, I'm not, I, I rarely order anything online when I could see. You know, I'm not the sort who clicks on a billion things. I don't, if you look into my search files or whatever, you will not see endless hours of having looked at porn or, you know, whatever weird stuff that's out there. So some of the, the junk mail that people have to help me go through is a little embarrassing. And, and they seem to go in, in like batches. One day I'll get a bunch of things, you know, hot and horny housewives are looking for you for romance. Even if that was real, that would be really sad for everybody. You know, so, you know, I, I'm thankful to have friends go through this stuff with me. You know, fortunately, most of my friends are a bit warped themselves, so we, we, we usually have fun with it. And recently, I was getting a whole batch of these things. Several of them had, had as the subject line, dead penis. And the one that fractured me in back-to-back emails, I got one, the subject line with dead penis. And the next email I got, also a junk email, had information on how I can obtain money to help defray burial costs. And I thought, how fortunate that I have someone to go through this with me so that I now have access to funds to give my penis a proper burial. Good Lord, in a recent episode, I was talking about all the open micers that do an endless stream of of dick jokes, and here I am talking about dead penis. Uh, Clearly, I've not learned my lesson. Anyway, enough with the lessons for today. Enough with the opening babble. We're going to get to our conversation with our good friend Demetrius Daniel in just a minute. But first, as always, we have a word from our lovely, wonderful, amazing sponsor. Say it with me. Get away to Green Bay. That's right, the historic Astor House Bed and Breakfast in beautiful Green Bay, Wisconsin. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to a bed and breakfast before, but the breakfast at a lot of these places tends to be like a mini box of cereal or uh, some questionable fruit, things of that nature, a piece of toast maybe with some butter. But not at the historic Astor House Bed and Breakfast. Your innkeepers, Tom and Linda Stieber, will provide you with a delicious, absolutely world-class breakfast every single morning. They will also make you feel welcome in any one of their five luxury accommodations, all of which have a private bath and some of which have their own jacuzzi. If you want to know what's going on around town, Tom and Linda will let you know about any special events and they'll also make recommendations for you to any of the wonderful restaurants in town. So you can't beat it. Go. Go now. Go, get away to Green Bay. For more information or for reservations, go to www.astorhouse.com. That's A-S-T-O-R-H-O-U-S-E.com. Get away to Green Bay. Demetrius? Yes, Eric. 
How have you been doing this summer? How's the summer going? Wonderful. Amazing. As some <laughs> friends of mine always say. Serious. I was, I was thinking about you because yeah. I know you're, we're, we're creeping ever closer back to the school year. Right, right. And uh, I was like, huh. you know, a- any of my teacher friends, uh, people I know, like I always, August rolls around, like I hope it's been going well for them up yeah, to this right. point. Yeah, yeah. You got away this summer? Yes, I did. Yeah, I was... Uh, down south, I do my usual go going back go, go back to Georgia and visit my sister. Went around and did a few things. Took it easy. I, you know, became like the I don't want to say the farmer, but you know, farmer whatever, <laughs> so to speak, in certain aspects. And then mm-hmm. did some you know did some play and did some you know. So I can you know I can't complain. It was good. It's always a it's always great to it, go back there. Is Georgia where you're originally from? Yes. Yeah. This is what uh, part is Georgia? So this will be uh, considered to be Northwest. Georgia, you know, a lot of uh, Cherokee country, or used to be, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, Chickamauga, Georgia, closer to Chattanooga, Tennessee, here all the ch sounds, right? You know, mm-hmm. so that yeah, gives you an idea that. where that. So most people know that. And that's like to give relation to those people, like, oh, Atlanta, you know, no, Atlanta's, Georgia's not just Atlanta. That's, uh, <laughs> this is too, this is going like about an hour, 45 minute drive up what's called I 75. That's where it would be. That's, that's, you know, that's where that's where I grew up, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, so did, is that where you were born? I mean, uh, pretty pretty much technically, I was born in Tennessee, probably in Chattanooga, where I was actually born. But it's so close because that's that's like I grew up as like you know Chickamauga. That's like sixteen miles from the line, from mm-hmm. the county, from the state line. Did Did you like growing up there? Uh, yes, for the you know for the you know for the most part, yeah. I mean, growing up was was great. I mean, it's the South. I'm not going to get into that, but uh, <laughs> you know, so there's some other you feel free. There's some yeah. other caveats there with with yeah. that, but I don't want to. You know, I'm not. You know, I don't want to get into that too much. But you know, mm-hmm. but but for the most part, you know, I'm uh, I do what I've been kind of. I had a I had a Gen X childhood. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. But you know, <laughs> we let you, uh, those uh, siblings. Be, uh, my one sister. Okay, my sister, you young, younger sister. Mm-hmm. Younger okay. sister. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, you, so you're the eldest. Yes. Mm-hmm. The big brother. The big brother, right? Big brother. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. And uh, when did you leave? Uh, so that's 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 a very good question. Uh, so so when <laughs> you did it, leave, right? Yeah, yeah. No, okay. I, left, I, left yeah, I haven't and, done any research you know, here. So. Moved left or moved? Do you want to say? So uh, went to school in Jacksonville State University, which was like in Jacksonville, Alabama. After I graduated from Jacksonville State University, which was in 1989, then, you know, I kind of, you know, stayed, went back home for a little bit and then moved to New York, like March of 1990. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, how, how long have you been playing the trombone? Actually, was, was trombone your first instrument? No, it no, it was not. Uh, my first instrument was piano, which I still do play and play keyboards. When I was in the fifth grade, I want to say what that would make me what fifth grade, ten years old, nine years old, something like that. And was that your choice, or were you given that? <laughs> a kind of like a a little bit of both, I want to say. Uh, you know, my mother, of course, at that time, may she rest in peace. Uh, and she also was a teacher, social studies teacher, French teacher, you know, bon- bonjour, all that stuff. But I didn't, you know, learn Is it as hard much. Having of- having a mom or a, you know a parent or uh, who's a teacher? Yeah, uh, I don't. I didn't think of it like that. No, I didn't think so. I thought it was. I thought it was, was great. She a teacher at your school? Yeah. Well, I went. I went to school where she 
taught for the for the most part for most of my elementary time yes but i didn't but i didn't have her as a teacher except for maybe twice sixth grade eighth grade mm -hmm. yeah so so that was right so she was a lot of the inspiration behind that uh with me taking i guess piano lessons uh you know in uh, i want to say fifth grade a fifth grade time period and so that that was that's really my that's my first instrument mm -hmm. in that in that mm -hmm. sense and then trombone came and I went to I'll tell tell a little story about that. And I have a song called, you know, Tromboetry, which gives the <laughs> kind of gives the story of that, of how I got into playing the trombone a little bit, which was sixth grade, junior high school, you know, uh, shout out to the I don't know if you will ever hear this, uh, Mr. Phil Min, who was a, who I found out later, he was a trombone player and he came around to the elementary schools. Oh, you know, you want to play trombone, you want to play that. And then I got into playing the trombone. Mm -hmm. And so that's middle school, sixth grade, the next grade. Uh, mm -hmm. How big were you at that time? Like, it was, you know, it, it, you want a certain amount of stature to play like a trombone or a tuba or something of that right, nature. Right, 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 right. I don't know. I guess I'm probably, what am I, five, nine now, I think. Um, maybe I probably was a little shorter than that, five, six. I mean, that's a good question. I don't, I mean, you know. I probably was much small, maybe much smaller than that, but somehow that's how, you know, I was, you know, playing trombone at that time. They chose that instrument. Mm -hmm. And it, once you went to trombone, was it like, I found the answer, is this it? <laughs> you know, I didn't think about it at that age. It was just the, it was a thing about being in a group, playing an instrument, mm -hmm. meeting, starting and not realizing it at the time meeting all these interesting people and then playing this kind of instrument, this kind of people think it is kind of weird, you know, makes, you know, makes the, you know, wah, 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 makes that type of sound. Mm -hmm. And then being around some other or some older trombone players, like high school guys, because they would come back, they, 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 uh, they I remember that time. Mm -hmm. And then by the time I got to high school that I was with playing with them. And so, but I played with them, like I did this, you know, which is sometimes why I don't think too much of doing a long, like in parades, you know, that used to be like, a, uh, you know, we don't do that. And I remember <laughs> one of the first parades I marched in uh, and it was pouring down rain, you know, oh, <laughs> you know, and you, and you're wearing uniforms and all those type of things like that. They, they, so. they don't call those things off for rain? No. Oh, if, you, if you're out there marching in it, you're in it. Well, you keep the, the going. Marching is one thing, but I'm thinking, you know, the the instruments with the, you know, the openings exposed, right? And, you know, well, it just, you know, I mean, if it's if you're lucky before they call it off, but at that time, I guess, you know, once <laughs> wow. again, I want to call it Gen X time. What do you want to call it? Um, yeah. Suck it up and do it. At least we're gonna we're gonna get through it. Okay. All right. All That's right. what it was. So your first parade. <laughs> it rained on your first parade. <laughs> Holy crap. Yep. Man. That's what I remember. That's it, what I remember. That's, <laughs> you you got to write a song about that. Uh, <laughs> man. Right, right. But all right. So now, when you're first starting with your, your music lessons with the piano, when you first got, what, what kind of music are you listening to when, when you're starting to play? Well, everybody does. It's, it's in that, especially, I want to say, in that time. You know what it is? It's it's classical. It was classical music. So you that's how they start you out most of the time. Well, no, no, but what I, but I'm saying like, what were you listening to? What kind of music? I mean, were, oh, what were was you I listening to that as well? What was I listening to? Well, I guess I was listening to a lot of that. But living in that, well, that's a that's a good question. Living in that, yeah, like what what were you feeling? Wait, you know, when when you're on your left to your own devices, what kind of music are you 
listening to? Well, it's it's kind of a I had a kind of an eclectic mix, and probably for anybody that listened to this, they're probably like, yeah, we know what he's we know what Demetrius is talking about. So I'm going to school in the mornings. My dad is turning on this, and my mother's turning on this the local radio station. Mm-hmm. They're playing stuff like, "Well, I love a rainy night. I love a rainy night." That's Eddie Rabbit. All right. Then there's uh, a little w- bit of yeah, there's stuff like foreshadowing so there, right? Right. So there's I love a rainy right. Talk about that. that. And then there's uh, there's something like a station. My dad would listen to called WGOW. Like if you like pina colada. <laughs> All that same stuff that you're hearing, like from those. You're getting mostly like top forty, top forty stuff, and things like that that I'm listening to. But then on the side of that, then I'm also listening to kind of like stuff like then there's a there's the other local radio station playing like funk and R and B. It's playing something like you know the Barkays or. Uh, to Michael Jackson, uh, probably was listening, started listening to a lot of that stuff. So I'm get, but I'm kind of listening to all of that at some point. And then, like, I keep thinking about what's going, what's going through my mind. I'm like, flashlight, you know, all that type yeah, of yeah, stuff. Yeah. George Clinton. So we listen to that. But then also talking about to connect it to the band stuff, like we will, we will rock you. To, Dun, dun. Do, do, do. Before I really realized how who okay, this guy Freddie Mercury. Okay, we're just listening to Queen. Mm-hmm. And that was that was the stuff too. So we're listening to stuff like that. Or, you know, you know, so it was kind of like a mix of all that stuff. Earth, Wind, and Fire. You know, <laughs> right, the bump, bump, right. bump, bump, bump. That stuff was just coming out at that time. That's like late 70s or whatever. Yeah. And yeah, that's yeah. what I'm listening to. A mix of all of that's just that just, just oh, so scratching you're basically the taking in um, all all the general popular music at that time. Mm-hmm. It's at right. it, some point, you know, it just depending on, you know, listening to there's no FM. I'm not listening to FM. It's all AM radio mm-hmm, stations. Mm-hmm. All of it's just about AM. Not till high school. All right, so this is what you're listening to now. When you start playing, you know, both piano and, and trombone, mm-hmm. what what were you being drawn to play when you had the chance to play what you wanted to as opposed to whatever you were being given? Well, probably stuff like what I did, which I think about now. I was like, okay, that was good. Uh, I, was, I had a, when I was in high school band, and uh, my band director, I'll shout, it, shout him out, Mr. Humphrey. He's still, he's still teaching. Uh, All right. Uh, and he was like, listen, you're going to play the lead on Celebration. And this was like a, a year, like my sophomore year, I believe. He probably would correct me on it. I have to look back and look. <laughs> sophomore, junior year. At that point, all the trombone players had gone for the most part. Like, I came there as a freshman. There was, like, three or four of us. And then in my high school band, I think it was just me. <laughs> so you're the horn yeah, section. Yeah, so I'm the horn section <laughs> as far as that. I think we might have had a tuba player and maybe somebody playing mellophone, or which would be comparable to a French horn. Mm-hmm. And so um, so he said, and the band is playing that. And we're playing that on the field, marching band or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I get to the part where, the party going on right there. And I'm playing the solo to that too. Um, that's not that's not cool, but the lead part to that. And uh-huh. I had to play that on play that on the field and do those type of things. But we were we were doing that stuff. So I'm still, you know, it was it was funk. We didn't mm-hmm. think about it. But you so to so that. Wait, are you doing like just parades? Are you doing the football games? Doing or the football wait? games, concerts. You know, when so that when it wasn't football season and it was concert season and you were playing on the inside and you were playing more. That would that was probably more the classical stuff and different mm. things like that and that was that was high school and everything for the most part but but yeah but i probably want to say drawn to more 
more of the funk type stuff because that was kind of like that's what you were trying to do at that particular time or yeah. maybe a little a little bit of the playing around with certain ditties pink panther empire <laughs> strike empire strikes back or james Bond. we would play around with all that type of stuff mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. just do that and you know play around with those type of things and sometimes have arrangements to those things yeah, back in the days, yeah. but so and that, well, and that of course, was very especially funny. when you're that age in that time. That that that's kind of a badass thing to be doing. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, some people some people want to be the quarterback. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Whatever's going to get you the attention, right? Yeah, it was definitely like I tell people. I I go. It seems kind of strange to me now because even teaching, I give a quick thing. You know the you know the Pink Floyd. We don't need no yeah, yeah, yeah. education. Yeah. Okay, so so I was playing this for my students because one of the students was like, "Oh, the teachers or whatever." I said, "You think you're the first person to be like, leave us alone or whatever?" <laughs> and you we were doing that stuff and play, and even playing those type of things. And I wasn't thinking about at at the time what it was or. Or who it was. Okay, Pink Floyd. Okay, Pink Floyd. Okay, such and such. Okay, this person. Dirt when they fight. Okay, okay, let's just play this stuff and mess around, whatever. Mm. And not thinking about later now, like, oh, these guys are legendary groups and people. Yeah. Think about that. Don't think about that. Now, when when you're that age, when you're in high school, junior high, whatever, and you're Mm -hmm. you're starting to play and you're doing these things, are are you thinking of this as as anything that you might do for a career, or do you have even any thoughts about career stuff? I didn't really think about it in that sense of being, and people didn't talk about it. Like I said, I won't say with the time period. Everybody's like, "Listen, you're gonna, you know, you go to high school, go to college, you're gonna get your job or whatever." But that wasn't connected to to the music playing, so it it, it wasn't it wasn't a discussion. Not that it was discouraged. But it just was not talked about in that sense. That's how, I, if I can answer it, if that, that makes sense. But it just wasn't, you know, you you were supposed to, you go your track, or at least I was like, that. that's what I thought. Go your track, you go to school, you, I guess you get a job, get a career, you know, mm-hmm. doctor, lawyer, engineer, all that type of stuff. That was, that was more talked about. But, and then, you know, for, forgive me, but I know, because mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I'm kind of going... Going back at this one more time, <laughs> okay. the the you know I'm wondering again what having an educator as a parent mm-hmm. is there any impact on that mentality for you? Yeah, well, yes, I want to say well, I guess I want to say it once again. I'm not thinking about. it. I'm looking at okay, so my my mother teaching like she had me tutoring people like mm. music, sometimes other not so much subjects like I do like with, with English, which is what I teach now, but I probably was helping people with that. But that's what she had me doing and probably grooming me into it. And I probably didn't realize that. I don't want to say it was an ulterior motive because that's just what she did. So I said, okay, you're doing that. She said, well, you can help this person with this. And and that's what I kind of, that's what I did a little bit, especially toward in my high school career. You know, mm, that, that, that mm, sounds, sounds mm. like, let me know if I'm like projecting, but it sounds to me like there, there's also being a, an element of, of service. Mm-hmm. in there as well you know with the tutoring and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know what i mean Con- right contribution to the community kind of right. thing that's right that's right that's right you know so it, when you headed off to college did you have a plan so i guess what i when i went to college yes so because so i had graduated i guess i'll i'll say this uh i want to say third in my class from right. you know from high school or, or whatever uh and then went to Jacksonville which was known for their band but I first went you know talking about everybody talks about 
you start off one way and you do another way. So I went as a as a chemistry major. Oh my goodness. Oh wow. So I, <laughs> I went as I, I went as that. So there you go. So I went as a chemistry major. Think I'm going to get into chemistry. Maybe maybe go the doctor route. Maybe go work in a pharmacy or something like that. Let, let, let me ask you. Do, well, now you can. So now you can really. <laughs> well, no, the, the, the chemistry. It, it, it just that seems fairly specific. If you really mm. weren't, you know, mm-hmm. thinking in terms of specifics, of it, and like mm-hmm. what I guess my question is, you know how how a lot of lot of us do when we first get to college or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. like you look at a bunch of stuff on a piece of paper mm-hmm. or a computer or whatever, and say. Oh, that sounds like that'd be interesting. Or was there something about chemistry that had you hooked already? Well, I will say this: you or know, interest. I'm a, I'm, I'm, some, well, I want to say not somewhat. I'm a, I'm a sci-fi buff. Okay. I'm a science fiction buff. I'm a, I want to say somewhat of a, a tragic, people <laughs> like that. So I was into, I was into, still am, a big part into science, like science. So that's probably what a lot of that draw was too, mm-hmm. was doing that. So that's what I want to say with that. But you know. Yep. All right, so, you, so you head off on the on the road to chemistry. Mm-hmm. And it, <laughs> how, how'd that work out? <laughs> I wait, I'm just waiting for you to ask a question. Oh. So, uh, so, uh, so, oh my goodness, where to begin? Uh, so you know, so I'm oh, going I should, in. I get comfortable, I guess. right, right. You know, but I, I'll try, I will try to condense it, right, uh, and make it because it leads into you know this. So, so I'm going there because I'm in the and the whole time I'm in the band, marching band, doing all you know, doing all that stuff. You know, I, eventually I had a you know scholarship, everything with that. So, so I'm doing that, and then once again, that's kind of like, okay, you're doing the music, that's okay, but you you're gonna do this chemistry thing and be maybe a doctor, you even have family so members look at, looking at the scholarship, yeah, as like a yeah. means of getting right, the, the yeah, college, getting right? the college okay, and getting that it. too as well, and then and, you know taking care of that part because I wanted to. Playing, uh, there was a marching Southerners is their band, J- JSU, J- Jacksonville State University. So while I'm doing that, I'm doing the chemistry stuff, and so at at first, you know, it's kind of like it's, you know, I got these early morning classes. Uh, I had this interesting roommate with interesting friends, and now they're all <laughs> they shall remain nameless. I'm trying to get up in the morning, go to these classes. They're like playing cards and stuff all night. So you know, I mean, you, you don't even get me started. Uh, so so anyway, I'm doing this, and then. And then I'm kind of like, kind of fast forward through it, you know, it gets into like my sophomore year or whatever the case may be. And so, but what's happening at the same point, there's a teacher, I'll shout him out, uh, professor, I don't know if he's still professor at JSU or not, called Mr. Kenny. And they're recruiting English minors. So I guess somebody's, I guess they're looking at my transcripts or whatever. I said, well, you know, you should think about being a, a minor in English. I said, okay, all right. I'll, I, yeah, I think I can do that. I said, okay, you know, and I'm taking, you know, I had taken the mandatory English classes. And I guess I had some, it looked, I won't say there was super stuff. But, you know, it's like, okay, you should try this. And we're looking for people to get into it. Mm-hmm. So I take this, you know, I take this speech class from him, right? You know, and we're enunciating words and all these particular things. So I get into that, do do really well and I want to say score an A or something like that in the class. And then I'm in this other, this organization called the Afro-American Association where I have a, the director, I want to say not director, but the advisor, he is the English lit teacher. All right. So, and of course, for that minor, I have to take, I had to take one old, the old English lit class mm-hmm. to complete the requirements for that minor. And so as I'm I'm taking this, I'm like, well, this is my advisor. This is my thinking. 
you know, and I'm still kind of taking chemistry to a certain degree. And I'm going to show you where the two cut, where the two are going to separate. Mm. So anyway, I take this course, do really well in it. It was one of the most feared courses in the school, <laughs> English, English lit, right? So I do well in it. And at the same time, I'm tanking in chemistry, right? Mm. And so I go to my chemistry uh, advisor. And he's like, well, you got to make a decision here. You're doing whatever here and this and whatever. And ah, chemistry, I said, you know what? I think I've made my decision. And in my, <laughs> in my advisor who taught the English lit class, he had already mm. told me, he said, what are you doing? Get the heck out of chemistry and just become an English major. Mm. And that was probably one of the best decisions I ever made changing majors. So I'll tell everybody out there, don't be afraid to screw up in something and change and realize that you need to change and be. So I will definitely say that. That was that was a big a lesson for me. And I, and I do it with students all the time. I said, no, you might go there and say, oh, I'm going to be this and that. It could be parental influence. It could be whatever. You're going right. with the crowd. But hopefully you will find yourself before it's too late, whatever that means. And then you make the change. And it's oh, like they say, it's okay. Make the change. Yeah. Whatever you need to do. Yeah, you know, it, it, I mean, that's, that's, I think, one of the most important things about college is it is that time to start getting some of those answers, which you may mm. not get while you're there, but mm. you start exploring that. Right. That's and, right. you know, when you first enter, you know, you know, we all come from a different place. And sometimes, you know, you it takes you those four years just to get those voices that have been placed in your head out of there mm -hmm. so that you can actually find out, well, what's my voice saying? You know, so, you know, <laughs> people coming in there, I was pre-med, but then I realized, well, I, I don't like taking math and science, mm -hmm. uh, you know, exactly. like it's a revelation, but, mm -hmm. you know, they came in with this idea that had put, been put in their head. But so, all right. So, uh, so yep. you, you feel that was a good decision, obviously. Mm -hmm. So uh, when you make the change, mm -hmm. are you, are you formulating any ideas about what you can do with that in the outside world at that point? Well, I guess I guess the thing about it was like, I guess what I was be told is so now you go from one track to the other track. Well, mm -hmm. maybe you can get be be an attorney or you know get an advertising and all these things. So then you get the other suggestions with that. But one thing that I kind of noticed is that, and I knew him, the head of the English department. Not only was the head of the English department. Now I'm going to connect you back to the music. <laughs> He wrote for the band. Ah. He wrote the fight song and different things like that. So he wasn't just writing like, you know, like the English. He also wrote music and everything. And I, that really fascinated me about that to say, okay, so you're a, the head of the English department, but you're a songwriter. Mm -hmm. All right. So. So that's another thing to say. So, okay, well, somebody says, oh, well, you're doing this and you we don't, in other words, don't put yourself into a box and think, well, I'm doing this and or I can't do this and they're separate. Yeah. And that's where I first saw that where, oh, you're this, but you're this too. Mm -hmm. And so that's just the kind of way I look at it. And that kind of, that really influenced me as well. And then I'll, I'll let you go on with that. And then you can see the the other track and that leads you down to, leads me to this track of what I'm doing today, too. That's why I can take it back to that. The point where you make a decision, then you have where you see somebody doing something like, wow, wow, he's the head of the English department, but he's writing music mm -hmm. for the whole band. I mean, like several hundred people. He's, he's writing these 
this piece, these things. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. There's that, that series. And writing out the charts and stuff? Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's... Mm-hmm. But yeah. so, uh, so, so, all right, so obviously that made an impact on you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. By the time you exited college, mm-hmm. did, did, you, did you have a thought on what, what the next road was? Uh, well, here was the thing. I mean, it was kind of like I went, finished, had, had my degree, whatever, finished or whatever, and then to kind of fast forward that I have, because I had, or especially still, I still do, I had a lot of relatives that were there. So I was going to go back, I guess, when I went back home, I was thinking about, you know, moving to Atlanta, and that's what, you know, people would do, move, move yeah. there, whatever. But then I had relatives here, I had uncles here, and it was like, well, why don't you come check out New York, and if you don't like it, you know, you can you can always go back home. That brings me to New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so you land in New York, and what do you do? So come to New York, and I actually had come up like the summer before I graduated and checked it out and kind of was like, wow, this is definitely, this is an interesting place, you know? Mm-hmm. And we're talking about 89, whatever, like When that. you came here, where'd you go? So I was, I was here, I was staying with my uncle here because he stayed, you know, in the Heights, 180s, oh, Amsterdam, okay, yeah, where I pretty question, much lived. Yeah. And so, and then, you know, he had a, he had a car at that time. He really couldn't drive it anymore. Mm-hmm. So it was myself and my cousin who lives like in Spanish Harlem, East Harlem, whatever, and we would get in, we was, he was like, oh, well, you guys take it. You got your license, drive around. Mm-hmm. And I would get in that car. I didn't realize I had a luxury at that time. And ride downtown and battle it out with the cab drivers. <laughs> That's how I got my stripes, driving. And so I was doing that and going around. And I was able to go places and see stuff with it like that. I was like, wow, this is a, this is New York. Is, it's what they say, I guess, <laughs> you know, at that time. And so, and then. So I said, well, you know, I'll check it out, stay. When I came later, I guess, to stay officially, uh, then I think by the summer of 90, I started working at, I won't, for one of the, a major credit card companies. So, mm-hmm. I, so I did that for about two years, and I got laid off after two years, 92, something like that. That gives you the time frame. And then it was kind of like, okay, wow, all right, I guess what do I do now. And you're oh, still living with your uncle? Yeah, I'm still living okay. with my uncle at that at that point. And it was like, well, you know, and this was always in the back of my mind, getting back to what I was thinking about. I said, well, you know, teaching. And then a couple of people had mentioned to it, family members, he said, oh, you know, you should you should think about just just teaching. And so then I went DOE down, got started the paperwork, whatever, fast forward through, you know, through other stuff. And then what ended up happening was stay with my uncle. He's like, why don't you go get up and just go across to the school in the street and see if they need teachers? And you know they needed teachers. <laughs> so this was like, this was 93. Uh, and so I go and the school's like. And what school was that across This was the PS 189. Okay. And as I go and I sub there. Then they're like, well, we so you just walked in and said, hey, you got need teachers. Yeah, you'll do. Come here. Yeah, it was it was it was almost like that. I mean, I had to go back and get finish up some other paperwork and then they'd like come back. We'll, we'll, we'll have you as a sub. And then that's how the system and, and how worked. And qu- how long between when you walked in there? We, 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 were you in the classroom? Uh, oh, man. It wasn't. It, I don't think it took that long. Maybe a week, a couple of weeks. Oh, so you're like kind of there? probably reading the materials it, 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 like a day ahead of teaching them at that point, right? Yeah, yeah it's crazy. But, you know, I was only subbing. So I was just coming oh, in and oh, sub. Oh, okay, right, right, right. So it wasn't like permanent. It was sub. It gotcha, was a start. Gotcha. So they, you know, okay, we're going to hire you as a sub first because I had already filled out some paperwork. 
mm-hmm. before I went there because the DOE was like, okay, now find a school that wants you. Okay, then I go to find the school. They're like, okay, yeah, we want you to come sub for us. Now go back and finish your paperwork. That's pretty yeah. much what I remember how it worked. And then that the subbing finished very quickly. And they said, well, we're going to send you to a middle school down the street. And the rest of that is history. That's where that I where you still are? Mm-hmm. That's where I was. And that was same thing, like spring of 93. That's over 30 years ago. Well, how long before you get off the bench and into the starting lineup? <laughs> well, when I, was, when I was there, it was kind of like, you know, thinking it was the 90s. It was a little tough or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I came in, let's say I asserted myself with this one particular class. That impressed the, I want to say the administration at that time without making saying names. I don't think any of them are principals or whatever there for the All most right, part All right, good. Let's talk about them. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, trust me, there's a lot of people that would say Fuck that. Fuck those guys. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, whatever. But but it, but it was, and it worked out. I was like, no, you're going to come here. And then they, you know, I didn't become permanent right at that moment, but mm. it led to that. And it was like, okay, just, we'll stay here. You seem to be working out. Let, let me ask you this. Did you think it was a, a, a help or a hindrance that you weren't from the city when you go into a situation like that? Hmm, you know, that's a good question. I I don't know if I want to say like that. I didn't think of it like that. I don't think it I don't think it hindered me because I also had, like I said, I came from a family of teachers and I had some people telling me, preparing me, look out for this, that's look helpful. out for yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. So it was so it wasn't like, you know, I had cousins or what you know, what people, all this and that. No, when you go in, speak to the union rep. Get this. You need to do this for your benefits. I had people doing that. They said, "No, just keep." Uh, that's on. yes, that's, that's big. That's big. So it Wait. wasn't that difficult. But I looked at it like this. Here's what it was. You were uh, when you started out, you had to earn your stripes, whatever whatever way that was. Right. So you so but and then everybody was different. Some people, I want to say, it might it might take longer, or maybe they they never were able to establish that. And then some people it happened faster for. I want to say I was probably more in the middle, more closer to did it happen faster because I want to say coming from a, I, I knew how my mother taught. I remember how she taught. And that's how I started with it. She was very stern. She was very to the point. She was care, cared about you, but she didn't play. And so I just kept that in the back of my head for the most part. I still do it to this point today to some degree, not as much as I did back then. Mm-hmm. So I knew that much. And then... But you didn't. But you didn't do. You don't do it out of malice. You do it out of listen. Really, I'm coming in here to help you. But if this is what I need to do to make you understand it, this is what I'm going to do. And in a time period at at that time, that was really well received. Mm. That's in the schools or in that sense. Like we're going to come in. It's about discipline. Doesn't have to be about that necessarily. But that's how you you have to establish yourself that way. Right. And so as long as you did that, and and I also had a lot of, I want to say a lot of support from the veteran teachers that were there, and they were very good about, you just do this and this and this, and we'll help you with the rest of this. Don't worry about this part, we'll help you with this. And I really thought that was that was great for the most part. That's, pro- that's probably why I'm, why I'm, I'm still teaching today. Because that's, that's that. pretty cool. To that's start right. with that. Support, support. That's mm-hmm. what, so I would say that in any field, any anything that you do, the support was important. Wow. In any field, you say, well, so this is kind of leading to where I want to go next. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, it, so this is what's going on with your quote unquote career. Mm-hmm. What's going on musically? All right. So here's so so here's what happens here. At that at that particular time, I was not 
playing, I will say, any the trombone at the, at that particular point. Mm-hmm. But still in the back of my mind, I was still I was writing still at that time. Like I have mm-hmm. some unfinished manuscripts. Writing music. Oh, okay, I was writing, you know, just like poetry. Uh, I had a poem I had written in college. It's called Ebony Beauty, which I still have. That's on my one of my tracks to the Word Speak album. Shouting that out. Then uh, that was written in. So I was still doing that. And then once again, the universe, God, how you how you want to look at it. Uh, I'm teaching, and, and there's a colleague of mine, you know, uh, I call him RP. We'll go by that. R. I'll shout him out, RP. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, why don't you come with me to, uh, and I was telling him, you know, I used to I write, I do some poetry, really. Why don't you come with me to New York Poets Cafe? <laughs> I didn't know what it really was at that time. And so I go with him to this place. Now, you know, it's, what is it? Village, Lower East, yeah, Lower East Side, however you want to say it. Uh, Lower East Side, whatever. Yep. And so go in there, and at first it's kind of like it's intimidating because you because you go there, there's these other poets there, and that was like the middle of the slam time, right? Mm-hmm. So that goes off, but then there's a late night. It was a Friday; it had to be on a Friday. A late night thing where you have all these poets and people that get up to do all kind of poetry. So I go and I get up and I read. You know, it's not that like a big audience or whatever. People clap and they're respectful. One of the the host comes up. He's like, "Hey, wow, that's." That's great. Where are you from? And I, you know, same thing, like such and such. And and apparently, probably one of the, I don't know if it was Miguel Agarin. I don't think it was. It was one of the, you know, the old school poets. He's like, mm-hmm. I, I think you got something there with that. We kind of like that. So that once again, that was very supportive of yeah. me getting staying in as far as the arts and writing, and then you know, and so that. So yeah, that was and that, that was all happening pretty much at the same time. 93, 94, I think I didn't know you knew Eureka in 96. And so you'd start hanging out there more? Oh, or... yeah, and, and going to other places. There were some other um, poetry clubs and things that were down. Bowery Poetry Club? There was like Bowery. I mean, I ended up going there a little, a little later on, but mm. yeah, I went to Bowery. And so that scene I'm doing and going to some certain readings. And then, and then later, fast forward, I had a friend of mine, we were talking about this about over the weekend. Uh, this place called Nightingale's Lounge. Oh, they I had remember this thing that. They were like, like uh, something like Twelfth, uh, Eleventh right. Street, Thirteenth, Second Avenue, something like, yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that, yeah, right? Yeah. And so I, I think I went there one. Or somebody, maybe my friend, my friend RPE invited me that. So he's, oh, let's go. These, this is one place where we can go. And they had this Monday night. I did not realize it. This amazing lineup of poets, other than you, you know, New York had their established thing. But this was going on. I met like a couple of friends there. I also met this other lady there that I did a, that she does this. She still does this series called Stark Reality. You know, her name mm-hmm. is Viviana Grell. The Nightingale. Getting back to that, that was Sue Polo, David. I can shout those people's names out because they they probably appreciate it. because they gave us that platform to do these things. Mm-hmm. And so, so I'm going there and you know getting into that. And I you know I did a couple of features. At, at that point, I had started back getting into trombone playing 2003 that's when I was starting to put put all that stuff back together and so the teaching the poetry and the music are intertwined mm-hmm. they're intertwined so so I'm teaching now a little time passes not necessarily playing trombone so much I'm talking with this saxophone player who played for Tito Puentes. I think his last name Vincent Velez I'll shout his name out Vincent you won't they 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 can sue me or whatever but I'm shouting them out for that reason mm-hmm. giving them credit and I'm yeah. having this conversation 
And I think with him and and uh, he's like, yeah, you know, and I said, yeah, you know, I used to play trombone or whatever. He's like, you used to play. Play where? When? I said, yeah, I played through college, but then I came to New York and I kind of like, you know, and I wanted to play. I had thought about it. I went to, you know, playing and my, even my uncle encouraged me. Oh, why don't you go in the subway and play? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, but then this guy was like, wait a minute, but you were reading music, right? I said, yeah, you know charts and things i said yeah in college yeah i was reading like fan you know phantom of the opera and things like he said whoa 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 he said listen get your trombone start woodshedding we need trombone players and that's history too so that's like yeah like late 90s early 2000s something like that and so i'm like okay and then next thing i know i'm out and a friend of mine who now he's touring with christian mcbride and all this sergio larios He's like, hey, wait a minute. Man, come and just, first I'm just sitting in with the kids at the school, you know, playing, da 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 da, da you know, read uh-huh, some of the charts, uh-huh. not realizing, but he's doing all this other stuff that I wish I would have continued, like music theory and all that type of stuff. Because people say, oh, music theory, I don't know, that's going to mess up your mind. I got one of my, my friend Keith, he's gonna, his brother used to tell us that. He's like, no, Demetri, just come on, sit in with the kids, you're going to be fine. But now I have a band where I'm playing at this place, you're going to love this one. La Vagina in the Lower East Side on Tuesday well, night. Where else would, would a <laughs> club with that name be? So, and I know you that, do. You, that is not Park Avenue and 45th Street. <laughs> like, I think it was 12th and Avenue. Well, it is, if you know where to look for it. But, something uh, like that. It's not there anymore. But, you right. know, and so we're doing like this Latin jazz thing. And he's like, yeah. Now, but, but this is your band? You put no, this is, no, I didn't put I'm I'm being asked to come. Play with it and play got it, some, got it, got it. some pretty, I want to say some pretty heavy tunes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, like some Celia Cruz, you know, and da, 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 you know, all that type of stuff, you know, some heavy stuff. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm just getting into this and reading this stuff. He's like, no, don't worry about it. Just come in, just come and play. And he was he was right about it. He said, just come play. The next thing I knew, I was in his band. Then I was sitting in with another band. Then I was playing in with another band. And then that all became then I'm, you know, I'm still, I'm, and I'm doing the poetry and going to readings and doing all, all of that stuff. You know, you have a way of drawing people in and, and making you. them feel comfortable. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And and I and I and like I said, I learned that from being around artists mm-hmm. to to mm-hmm. to just put it all together. Artists that that are about the art, but also about now I'm like getting on my soapbox here, <laughs> putting it together. Artist, teacher, musician. You're putting all that together. What's the connection there? Art. Artists. Teaching is an art. Being a poet is an artist. Being a musician is an artist. Drawing all that stuff. Doing comedy. I don't want to call it a discipline, but that part of the arts of comedy, I think that's the toughest one to do, to make people laugh. I really think that's tough to do. I think it's much easier for me to get up and be a poet and say, the world is coming to an end and this is why, versus <laughs> I'm going to try to make you make you laugh about something like that. You do hear that a lot, but I also think that people in different disciplines sometimes think, hmm. you know, even if they recognize what they do is, is requiring a great deal of skill, right. they still look at some what somebody else is doing like, well, I couldn't do that. Yeah, you know? that's what we're doing. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it, 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 all, it all depends on where you're coming from, how your head works, I guess. Right. But anyway, so, so now you find yourself, uh, you, you're like fully immersed in this now. You're mm-hmm. doing all of these things. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, this is kind of a two-part thing. Cause it, you know, <laughs> Go for it. Go for it. Well, no, here's the thing. A part of me is like, 
I want to say, how are you doing this? Because I, I, I mean, hmm. I know what it's like to work the nine to five and do. <laughs> I, so I get my question is, first of all, how in the fuck did you do it, you know, <laughs> time wise? And then how in the fuck did you make that work in New York City? That is a different <laughs> thing. You know, I mean, it's overlap, but it, right, it, it is right. a fairly specific <laughs> path to go down. I guess being, I guess, younger, 20s, 30s, even early 40s, maybe I had the the energy and the drive and I was, maybe I was insane, crazy. <laughs> and just thinking, but I want to say artist insane mm-hmm, and having mm-hmm. that core of being, and then being around people who are like, well, what else are you kind of doing? Like I would, I would go and hang out, like, you know, maybe go hang out. I used to do a lot of go out do dancing, especially the early, like the early 90s and go to, I'm kind of, well, I think I was telling you this, like I was, a, I still am like a bigger house head, got mm. into house music, you know, like they talk about the 50 years of hip hop, you know, there was hip hop, all that stuff was going on in the early yeah. 90s. So when I think about all that time period, and then I'm going to bring it back to that, and I was like, well, it's New York, man, you got to go out and live it. But also, and this was like my relatives and my uncle said, well, listen, whenever you decide to take a time out you don't have to do all of this but just make sure you give yourself kind of time and that would be like on the weekends or like you know sunday sunday afternoons or whatever i'm just totally crashed out Mm -hmm. or or saturday Mm -hmm. and sunday afternoons totally crashed out which i still kind of do i'm like i used to have a saying you know because when i when i was doing the most that i was doing Mm -hmm. um for a number of years, the only way I kept shit together at times was to set Sunday aside because I didn't usually have shows on right. Sundays, occasionally, whatever, but I didn't seek out to do shows. I, if I was invited, I would do them. But Sunday was the day that I did nothing. And my, my I was famous for saying at that point, if you ain't got money for me, don't call me on Sunday. Right. Because I right. won't I answer. I <laughs> you know? And and it becomes tough too because sometimes that's the only time you can connect with certain friends who are right. not also in the activities and the art that you're doing. But it's like you got to have some time for you, or you're no good to anybody, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So so I understand what you're talking about during that period of time. You know, kudos to you. You find some way to get the bills paid. Mm-hmm. You know, right, right. Or or I want to say like due to relatives of mine uncles, aunts that were kind of like, especially those first early years, you know, I had my uncle, I, you know, I was staying with or whatever. I had that fortunate things, you know, with him, staying with him. And then, and then also just being around and kind of like, well, you know, well, this happened to me in this day or this particular neighborhood, or, you know, I would joke with them about, yeah, I'm hanging out with my buddy. We're in East New York, standing on this avenue. He's like, where were you hanging out again? <laughs> He's like, do you know about that? I said, okay. I said, it's kind of funny, so I don't want to, and I don't, and I don't want to, you know, mess with the Brooklyn people. But you know, but, but you know, whatever <laughs> they might be like, oh, we remember you, come back again. You it know, all, we're gonna, it, we're gonna get it, you it straight now. Comes back to the Brooklyn, you people. know, we're gonna, uh, we're gonna get you with everybody. I guess you know, Bronx. I didn't, you know, Staten Island. I didn't. I don't. I don't think I went to Staten Island until maybe recently. But uh, well, all right. So, so you found a way to get all these things working at once. Uh, when when did the Brass Brothers come in? Oh wow! So here so here we go. All we right. we got to talk about to get that. to the Brass Brothers. Great. So so now uh, at this point, like I'm in my teaching career, I had a little, uh, you know, the Department of Education. I don't want to talk about them too much. Uh, a little change in my career while I was going to different schools at that moment due to let's say quote unquote 
budget issues or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever, how or however you want to call it, staffing, whatever you want. So, so I'm going around. As I'm going around, I get a call from shout out the word up, Will Glass, and Will is talking oh, to Will. me. So yeah, so Will Glass is talking to me, and I. And, and we I, actually probably should give a shout out to Word Up just in general because we're actually recording this right. episode. So shout out to at Word Up, word up uh, on day word when up. they're. Not open for business, but we're we're bringing our business in here, so, and they they've been super supportive, and uh, as they are, they're a community gem. If you're if you're mm-hmm. ever in Washington Heights, or if you live in Washington Heights, especially, you need to know about this place. It is a community gem, uh, and also it's like it's a real badass bookshop. <laughs> so yes, it is. So Will is calling me, and I'm you know this is even during the day doing the, during the teacher things. So I said, okay, well, will I get back to you? Say, like, well, will you know? I got this. Will Will is asking me. He's like, I got this idea. This is something that's going to be happening at you. You know, once again, I got shout out another place, uh, United Palace. This is a uh, the bookstore is doing this thing with at that time Juno Diaz, uh, and. Uh, he said, I think I had a we have, we might have had a conversation about, you know, brass bands or something at some point. Maybe I might I think yeah. I might have been joking about it. Like, yeah, you know, it'd be nice to have a brass band or something like that, maybe. And I guess Will thought about it or whatever. I don't want to say it was my idea, but I want to say he must have thought about it. He was like, Well, Demetrius, you know, maybe you can get something together and have a band that plays at the United Palace. I did not have a group together. I have no group together. So now let's get so let's get into that. How does it, I guess you want to say, I'll let you ask the question. How does the group come together? You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so so I'm here, I believe, at a no-name show ha! one night, one Tuesday night. It had to be, I'm pretty sure. And I think well, Veronica's here, I believe. And it's happening again. Well, the beach is what's, you know, what's going on? You're getting a band together. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the only thing I could think of at the time, at the moment, like, okay, Miles is pulling the stage. <laughs> Miles, do you want to be part of this group or whatever that I'm getting, that I'm getting together? Yes, Demetrius. Then, then I go to Demetrius, this is, if, if you forgive I'm, me, uh, is talking about Miles Blue Spoos. There you go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who's a, a past guest, and he's actually uh, one of our audio people for producing the podcast. Right. So I'm sorry, but uh, a, a dear friend, Miles, who, who provides music for most of our, our shows mm-hmm. at Word Up. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. anyway, so Miles is in. So Miles, so Miles is into it. So you see the connect, how the connections are coming mm-hmm. together, right? They're all, everything, everybody, I want to say just about everybody's connected. So... So I start with that. Then I go to this other place, bar, establishment. They're no longer, I'm not going to name them. They're no longer here where they have like these open mics. And I just start pulling people, you know, friend of mine, Mark, trumpet player, guitarist, two guitarists. Will was already the drummer. So that was, so that was pretty much taken care of. I have another friend of mine playing melodica. Okay. He's a poet, melodica. Okay. All let's get together. We're going to rehearse. The the show is going to be in November. This was like the end of October. We're doing some rehearsals in Word Up. It's starting to come together. This is 2013? This is all 2013. All of 2013, right? October into November. And then we perform at United Palace, November, I want to say 15th, 2013, as the Brass Brothers. And, you know, there's you you can go on the internet, check that out, Google it, however you want to say. But, yeah, so, and that's, Pretty much how it came together, you know. So I think it was, you know, I shout out my, my other main, I guess, main brass brother, still his main brass brother, Mark. And we we're talking on the phone. Yeah, well, my brass brother. I said, yeah, my brass. Well, I, I said, well, let's just call it that or whatever. And then we just we just go with it from there and just and just put it all together. But yeah, it was just pulling local people that I kind of knew or were available at that time or I was kind of already playing and jamming around with. 
And we that's know. how the brand came to be. That's really how it came to be. It wasn't like, oh, I had auditions. Or, you know, I'm just making dramatic auditions <laughs> and you got to audition for this thing. No, listen, I got this event. It's going on. Can you, are you down with doing it? This is this, these are the parameters and all that stuff. And, and it was great that people said, you know, uh, they, you know, and, and shout, shout out to the guys for that. Because well, they, you know, they made it happen. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's funny because I, I've known you long enough to know that, that one of your strengths in all of, of the fat, facets of, of mm -hmm. you know, your art and your teaching or whatever, is one of your strengths is that you are one of these people uh, who, who just knows how to make connections. And I don't mean like the way people think about, you know, making yourself known to other people. No, you're one of these people who like... Um, it's like you've got a million files in your brain, you know, about the people you meet along the way, people you work with, people whose work you've seen or whatever. Mm -hmm. So that when a situation like that comes and someone says, hey, can you put a band together? It's like, oh, well, I could give so-and-so and so-and-so, -and -so, you know, and it, and right. that's a very good skill for an artist or probably any any kind of a person. But definitely an artist in New York City, like, you know, if if you're surrounded by people who do amazing things, and you can't retain a sense of that you are surrounded by people doing amazing things, and you know, and you're kind of missing out on some of the experience that you're having there, mm -hmm. you know. And it, it, in a like fashion, I always love telling the story about how we first worked together. We <laughs> we, we wound up uh, running into each other at various things that we were both involved in, right. you know, uptown art stroll, art stroll events right. and. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I mean, I, I saw you at a, a number of poetry events before I ever knew that you even played trombone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, at that time, our house band, the summer replacements, we were just becoming a kind of a free-flowing collective right. of, you know, various people. Again, right. hey, you're you're free. Why don't you come here? And I was like, wait, we, we, we had, I think we at that point had just started to have, well, Miles was playing sax with us occasionally. Right. Um, he was too young to play <laughs> at our, our 21 and over gig at Otto's. But um, anyway, but it, so we were just, you know, getting to that point where we're inviting people to sit in with us. And like, hey, you want to come sit in with us? We're playing old school R&B mostly and stuff. And you're like, hey, you say, yeah, you know what? Let me know when you're going to be there, you know, and uh, maybe I'll come sit in. And you know we we tossed we kicked around a couple of dates and you know they didn't work out and then right. we like finally found one that you were available and you're like mm -hmm. yeah maybe <laughs> I might come by on Friday let me know what you know and so <laughs> so we had the plan that you were gonna come by and I, I sent you our little set list or whatever we open and close with songs and you know a couple right. of things in between or whatever and the show is at seven o'clock seven o'clock Demetrius <laughs> right. is not there. <laughs> I'm sure that, especially at that time, we started real late. So we probably didn't start till 7.10 or 7.15. Right. And at 7.10, 7.15, right. no Demetrius. Well, we, <laughs> we begin. We, we do the show. We do the opening song. We have a bunch of comics come in and out, storytellers, whoever was on the bill that night. Then end of the show, we're giving out cheap door prizes. Right. And then finish with that. And we're going to conclude with a song. Mm -hmm. And said, okay, so uh, before we go tonight, we're going to wrap up, you know, with this. And while I'm introducing the final song, in comes Demetrius with, <laughs> with his, uh, you know, with the, the, the trombone on the wheels, oh, you know, and the right. traveling case or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, 
And while I'm talking, and the band launches in, meanwhile, Dimitri's is assembling his, his horn and whatever. And like by, by the end of the first chorus, he's in there playing, you know, perfect <laughs> as though we had rehearsed 500 times or whatever. And everything was great. People loved playing with you. We had fun. And then the show is over. The song is over. The show is over. And I say, all right, Demetrius. Uh, let me introduce you to the people you've been playing with. <laughs> and it just kind of right. went down the line. Right. Oh, hi. Right. I, oh, it was fun playing with you. Yeah, yeah. What's your name again? Yeah, so it was, it was, and and uh, from that day on, we 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 gave you kind of a unique uh, status with our band. You know, you don't, you don't play with us a lot. You know, when right. when right. you know, we always keep you in the loop. But the rule is just send Demetrius what we're gonna do. Right. He shows up, he doesn't show up, whatever, mm-hmm. but if mm-hmm. he does, he'll be all right. You know, yeah, right, <laughs> he'll right, figure right. it out and we'll we'll adjust along the way. Because you always come prepared and that's, you know, yeah, that's right. mm-hmm. that's all you really need. You know, we're not doing, yes, we're, we're doing uh, some old school R&B that, that sometimes has horn sections. We are not doing anything that we cannot do if we do not have that trombone handy. <laughs> so, right, right. you know, but I, 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 I love that you are, that way that you can do that and do that with with confidence and 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 you know right. some style and 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 playfulness <laughs> and that that we're about nothing if not the the playfulness so so what what's going on now what are you doing these days I, I, obviously as, as we record this it's august so you're getting ready to head back to mm-hmm. to school but what what's going on in in life and art for you now okay so i mean so the for the most part i mean i i definitely want to say that i'm i'm busy in all aspects uh, or at least definitely in that aspect with you know summer vacation or whatever so as that now that i'm doing that that ramps up or allows me to ramp up with with art so like so to, to give you an idea so let's say like friday i was at the other there's the other bookstore that's been even been here longer than word up a uh, sister's uptown bookstore i did like a like a my collaborative trombone piece with a friend of mine, Robert Gibbons, who, you know, people mm-hmm. out on the poetry scene know him very well. And we did like this kind of on stage collaborative thing that the people, you know, it went over well, maybe we could do. And then uh, Saturday I was at a drum circle, you know, playing djembe, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, get, keep trying to keep my percussion chops together, whatever. I'm not a, I'm not a djembe player. I'm not a drummer. I'm not going <laughs> to profess that. Uh-huh. And then I went to like a, friend of mine Ruben he had this party for a friend of his or whatever did some did some play in there so sort of for the most part I'm doing that and then now I'm able to during the day like I'm here with you is to kind of focus a little bit more on like like now I'm focusing more I'm trying to get my social media stuff update tracks and things that I've recorded and get them sent out and you know get get those things going so that's so that's pretty much what I'm working on at this mm-hmm. particular point and then of are we, we going to have some some tracks out there for downloading and and stuff uh coming from you anytime yeah i, I i'm i'm planning to hopefully put i don't want to put a specific date out sure. on it because these songs to me are almost they're like children to me sure much. so you want to sure. put them out if i put them out that way or you know how is that going to be handled and so i want to say after 20 years i hope i learned something and thinking about how i <laughs> how i wanted to how i want that to to happen but pretty much what I'm doing now for the most part is doing live shows or doing doing a lot of doing recordings on putting recordings on YouTube doing that of me of myself doing live shows and mm-hmm. and so just going around doing that and other than playing I'll shout out oh I'll be playing this weekend with 
the legendary, I want to say, it's true, um, Marjorie Elliott and her son, oh, Miguel wow. Dreers. Okay. If people want to see your work mm-hmm. or to find out what you're doing, sure. where can they track you down? Where can they find, all right. find out all things Demetrius? All right, so... Uh, I do have a, I want to call it, it's a page more so, a web page called Trumboetry.com. I'll spell it. Trumboetry, T-R-O-M-B-O-E-T-R-Y, excuse me, dot com. Right? Doing the teacher thing. So if you go there, you'll see links to socials. Like, oh, I also have this uh, ReverbNation.com, Demetrius Daniel. Um, you got music out on it? Yeah, there? so and there's some music, there's some samples on there. But if you do the trumpetry.com, that will send me an email if you want to get in touch with me. That'll that's a way to get in touch with me as well, just through that site. I'm trying to channel people through that site. That's everybody. <laughs> I, See, I think so. Okay, so this is the point in, in, in the conversations mm-hmm. where I usually say, Thanks for coming by, thanks for hanging out. Mm-hmm. And 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 I do say those things to you, but right. I want to call attention to the fact that you actually brought your trombone here today. Uh, and I was wondering, does that mean you're going to another gig or do, were you going to hit us with something? <laughs> well, yeah, well I, this is the gig, I want to say. Oh, all right. <laughs> well, you know, where else? I'll give you a little where, something. Where, you know, at, at three o'clock in the afternoon on a Monday in New York City, <laughs> this is where the shit is happening. Right. Oh, man. Okay, so that was Demetrius Daniel. That was my conversation with Demetrius. D-Day is always fun. And um, so here, we, we, we kind of changed up what we were going to do on the fly, you know, saying goodbye to him. And then uh, it's like, wait a minute. The man showed up. I didn't know this initially because I don't see these things. The man brought his trombone and all his setup. And we're like, fuck it. You know, we were planning to end with a song, as we always do. And like, oh, wait, no. We got our song right here so we're gonna close with a number of <laughs> tromboetry from demetrius daniel before we get out of here i just want to thank all the people who make this happen the amazing the amazing amazing gary understudy hardcastle our producer the grand poobah of audio here additional audio provided by miles mix appeal blue spruce our theme music was written and performed by king of the hill courtney hill tip of the cap to our production assistants, Jeremy Pueyo and Stanley Resio. We're going to leave you with Demetrius Daniel. Until next time, my name is Eric Vetter. I love you all. Uh, or, or, you know, I'm going to do, let's do the title piece. What is Trumboetry? Right? So let's, let's, let's bring it forward here. What is Trumboetry? Check it out.
A little bit of poetry and some trombone slides, you see. You say, oh, what can it be? Just a little bit of poetry, just a little bit of poetry, and some trombone slides, you see. You say, oh, what can it be? Just a little bit of trombone with tree. A little bit of poetry. Trombone slide, you see. Just a little trombone with tree. Well, when I was a little kid, I really liked what the trombone slide did. When I was in middle school, I chose a trombone because it seemed real cool. And from a high school and then the college, I received some poetry and little writing knowledge. And now, don't you see, there was the beginning of trombone Come on now, just a little bit of poetry and some trombone slides. You see, you say, oh, what can it be? Just a little trombone tree. Come on now. In the middle of that writing class, professor said, read your poem. You'll do more than pass. I said, I graduated, went to New York City, got down with the poet. It's in the nitty gritty and I read my poems all downtown For a minute I put the trombone that's slide down and pick it up, don't you see? You gotta play that trombone with tree, come on now A little bit of poetry Some trombone slide, you see Go dump just a little trombone with tree, I said just a a little bit of poetry, trombone slide, you see. I said, now, little trombone tree. Now, from north and back down south, east and west, without a doubt, Africa, Europe, and around the world, trombone with your arms, embrace and unfurl, make you dance, even laugh, even smile, forget about your troubles for a little while. And now, don't you see? The world's in need of trump poetry. Come on now. A little bit of poetry. Trombone slide, you see. Don't tell them the little trombone. Thank you very much. Thank you, Eric V. Thank you, Gary. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And like I said, check me out, trumboetry.com. Thank you.